It's the Fastest Minute in Politics Weekly Review. We start in the nation's capital, where the commanders-in-chiefs, a.k.a. Joe Biden, recently declared the COVID pandemic over. But a day later, his administration had to take the field on numerous morning shows and walk his statement back, 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 Another journalist was murdered in his home over the weekend, this time in Michigan. By midterms, there could be one killed in every state. Team USA edged out the internationals for the President Cup by five strokes Sunday, but it was still one less stroke than leader John Daly speaking gas Fetterman. He's bubbling, he's fumbling, he's stumbling, and he's bubbling his words at another campaign event this weekend. When presented with the cup, President Biden began putting scoops of ice cream in it. Mr. President, what did you order? Chocolate chocolate chip. Oh, yeah. And now, we move to the frozen tundras of Canada to cover the groomers. A teacher at a Canadian high school is under fire for having boobs. But guess what? After further review, tick, 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 that I mean nobody circles the wagons like the loony left. Welcome back to Thinking Logically. And you just heard the fastest two minutes in politics. And Dr. Corsi, as I was telling you earlier, I think that could be your Emmy moment. Um, actually, Philip A. Flood's Emmy moment, if we want to get technical, but... Uh, regardless, that was straight up genius, and uh, we think that's going to be a, a weekly segment, is it not? We, we're going to have to at least at least do it every Tuesday, I think, at least until football season's over, at least until the midterm, something. We'll figure it out. And we are going to hear from Philip A. Flood again as we move on through this episode, but before we do that, uh, we want to thank everyone for listening. As always, um, as our boy Jack Posobiec says, share this out with just one of your normie friends. Uh, like and subscribe on Apple and Spotify. Uh, we are probably over a thousand downloads by now. I haven't got the stats from you in a few days, Joe, but um, we are cruising along to the midterms. And we just want to thank everyone who's listening, who's asking us, you know, when we're putting out new episodes, we're working hard for you guys. And um, I have a little story as we go on through the episode here. It's my uh, weekend in Scranton. And Joe, I shared that with you uh, a couple days ago. So uh, we'll get into that. But we're going to lead off today with uh, a country that I, uh, I can claim citizenship to. I just haven't done it yet because I don't want to go through that process. But uh, Italy. All right, Italy. We're going to lead off with Italy today. Uh, as I told you before last episode, I'm headed there in uh, nine days. I'm flying into Rome. And Italy has elected a new prime minister, the first female prime minister uh, in their nation's history, Georgia Maloney. Uh, this is a, a watershed moment uh, for Italy. I believe she's the 45th prime minister in the Italian government's history since the um, 
since the post-World War II era of Benito Mussolini, someone who they've actually compared her to because, uh, you know, the, the left-wing liberal media is in straight meltdown mode that Italy elected a quote-unquote far-right fascist, which could not be farther <laughs> from the truth. But it's, it's just amazing. It, it's really amazing how the media is painting this out to be. Um, you know, first of all, maybe the Italian people are just tired of being trampled over or tired of being having governments break apart every couple of years uh, are tired of being sold out to China are tired of maybe having their country overran by migrants coming over from wherever, you know? So I think a lot of these things were building up over in Italy and I have a pretty good idea of what's going on over there, the pulse of the nation and whatnot. But Georgia Maloney, uh, we're going to play a speech that she gave, uh, and just a quick speech, and I'll translate it for you guys. This is just a few seconds long. Io sono Giorgia, sono una donna, sono una madre, sono italiana, sono cristiana. Non me lo toglierete. Non me lo toglierete. So she says, now, I am Georgia. I is am she talking woman. about concentration camps? It sounds like she's a mother. Is that, is that Mussolini? <laughs> She said, I am Georgia, I am a mother, I am an Italian, I am a Christian, and you won't take it from me. So that's, that's the person they've elected over there in Italy to be their next prime minister. Uh, young, early to mid-40s, uh, prime minister over there, uh, attractive Italian, uh, Georgia Maloney. She's going to lead the new Italian government. But, Joe, before I, I turn it over to you, you know, I think we need to explain to our listeners how these governments work over in Italy. Now, People oftentimes say we need more than one, two political parties here in the United States. Well, guess what? In Italy, they have several political parties. And that is the reason why their governments continue to break apart, because these factions, you know, keep siding with one another or breaking apart, joining this faction, that faction, what have you. In, in Italy, Giorgio Maloney is the, was representing the Fratelli d'Italia party, the Brothers of Italy party. And her party won a majority of the vote of this election that happened on Sunday, which was a result of former Prime Minister Mario Draghi resigning because his government fell apart. <clears throat> so they've elected Georgia Maloney. Wait, why, why did they fall apart, though? Because of, of, number one, green agenda, woke policies, number one. I mean, that's, that's why they fell apart. That's why she got elected. Uh, that's got to be hammered home. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Italy is, as I said, we said last episode, if you think the United States is bureaucratic, just try going over to Italy. Um, it is any, any chance of her doing what the media says that she's going to do, which is a complete lie to begin with, is, you know, becoming the next Mussolini uh, to be some, become, some, become some neo-fascist, whatever that means. I don't even know anymore. It's highly, highly unlikely. There are multiple la layers in their, their government that can buffer any sort of thing like this happening, even if she was like that. <clears throat> From the different political parties that also have a say in the government to the 8,000 or so uh, communes or little towns that also have their own little governments in place as well. So, but this is a great moment in Italy. This is a, a like I said before, is a watershed moment. Uh, you know, she stands for something. All right. She is anti-woke, among other things. So, uh, Joe, 
what is your take on all this? And talk about the media's portrayal of her election. Um, okay, so in the little bit of coverage of this that I watched on CNN and a little bit, very little on MSNBC, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm over our media. Notice how when the media, our media, is describing a government that is friendly to woke policies, climate change initiatives, or anything World Economic Forum agenda in general, they use words like administration, the Macron administration, or, or leadership, or government. But when it's someone that's a nationalist or unfriendly to those policies, they're called a regime or a block or it's hyphenated with a wing at the end. That this is propaganda from our media. Does it, it, it's? I'm sorry, we can't. We just can't believe them anymore. It's, it, it's come to that. We get. We have to tell the mainstream media we don't believe what you are telling us anymore. Just like we do, we don't want these woke policies. It's the same thing over there in Italy. They don't want this woke agenda stuff. They don't want green energy. They don't want all this. Um, it's got to be everyone, though. It's, 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 the liberals have to uh, tell MSNBC and CNN that they don't believe their page shields anymore. And the conservatives have to tell Fox News, we don't believe your overall reporting anymore, especially when it came to Ukraine and Arizona on election night 2020. We're not going to get into that. It's just <laughs> it's, it's an embarrassment. And, and what's happening in Italy is the same thing that's happening over here, same thing that's happening in, uh, where was it, Norway, everywhere else. Hungary, they don't want Poland. these policies. Po- yeah, yeah, everywhere. People are tired. Brazil's next. This almost happened in France when Marie Le Pen almost upset um, the president of uh, Macron. The Macron administration. She almost, Yeah, the Macron administration. Yeah. It would have been a regime if she would have won or something. And, and even though they declare her a fascist, a neo-fascist, whatever, she has already declared herself that fascism is history. She suspended members who persisted in praising fascist leaders. And guess who this reminds me of? And I'm sure you as well and everyone else listening. Donald Trump. How many times did Trump have to denounce white nationalists? Because they Every kept day. saying that he was supporting these people. And time and time again, he would denounce them. Oh, Kamala Harris was giving people bell during the summer riots of 2020 does everyone forget that she right. never didn't announce anything but we can get into that stuff later it's just to prove a point yeah maloney has been a vocal critic of vladimir putin she's been a staunch supporter of ukraine whether you like that or not i'm telling you what she what she stands for but because her party is a descendant of the fascist regime of benito mussolini that was that took place what seventy-seven years ago now. You could they say you could somehow... say the same thing. You could say the same thing about Democrats and in, in slavery if you if you want to do that or the KKK. It's, exactly. it's stupid. It's, it's so point. long ago. It's a great point. She, you know, she is going to be in power now with uh, the far right. They call this the far right coalition with the the League Party, the Lega, led by Matteo Salvini and Forza Italia which means strong Italy, headed by Silvio Berlusconi. So these are the, the parties that are now won a majority of the vote. They will now form a government. She will become the prime minister of this government. And, know, and she, did it with, she did it through, through an election, not via fascism, where she just seized power. These yeah. people are the fascists. They, they, fascists, they don't, want to, they don't want to let go of power. <sighs> no. So, um, again, this is a, a big moment in Italy. Um, I was super excited to, to see this, them vote this way. Um, so we'll see. I know I talked to some people over there. 
that uh, were happy about this. I talked to some people over there were, that were skeptical. So um, I think the Italian people are, are, are kind of, uh, you know, just want to you know, wait and see. Uh, but I'm going to be heading over there in nine days. I'll try to get a pulse of what's going on over there. Uh, when I talk to some people, I'll be in Rome primarily, and then we're going to the Apostolic Palace at Castel Gandolfo one day. So um, I will uh, be reporting back from Italy on Georgia Maloney. So um, let's move on. Speaking of uh, global affairs, uh, Bill Clinton at the Clinton Global Initiative meeting. Uh, Joe, do you want to take this one? Uh, yeah, so this is Bill Clinton asking uh, the CEO of uh, Unilever what he, what he wants to say to companies in other countries that don't agree with, again, we were just talking about this, these new woke green agenda things. So here, I'll play. Every company lends itself as easily as some do to environmentally responsible production and distribution. But what do you want to say about that to other countries, the companies in other countries? Um, you know, in 1939, George Orwell wrote that we have sunk to such depths that stating the obvious is the first responsibility of every person. And he was talking about a book on power um, written by Bertrand Russell, but it applies to today because stating the obvious that we have an emergency, we have a climate emergency, is becoming an unpopular thing to do. This anti-sustainability backlash, this anti-woke backlash, um, is incredibly dangerous for the world. And the first thing that Unilever will do is we will not back down on this agenda, despite these populist accusations. So now it's, do you see where they're going? Now it's dangerous to disagree with them. They're, they're, they're making it out like we are the evil ones for not going along with their global agenda. Oh, oh, you won't eat the bugs? You're a problem then. Sorry. Uh, it's, if, if their agenda is so stupid that it opens them up to being mocked by everyone like this, what are you going to do? I mean, what, what babies are If you poke fun, all of a sudden you're, you're a danger to humanity? Well, you know, <laughs> let's, let's, let's let our listeners know. We're talking about Unilever, all right? What brands that Unilever owns. It's almost too many to list. I know soap. But, what else? I didn't really look it up, but they're they're really big on soap and something else and a little bit of food. I, I don't know. So you have the you have the CEO of Unilever making this statement that they are on board with this green green agenda. Uh, ben and Jerry's um, pledging comfort- filthy, pledging filthy to Bill Clinton at the Clinton yeah. Global Initiative for this for this agenda is what he Dove was doing. soap, Hellman's, Magnum ice cream bars. Um, Sun Silk. Um, I mean, there are there's over 400 brands around the world that they ask um, for um, over 400 brands around the world that Unilever owns. Liquid IV, Lux, Ooh. Ollie, Vaseline. I mean, we can go on and on and on. And Wall. you'll have none of it. You'll have none of it unless you eat the bugs. Correct. That's what yep, they, they want. want. They want you to own nothing and be happy. You'll own nothing and you'll walk everywhere. Yeah. Um, so it's tough when you, when you, when you think about this and our listeners, how do we fight this? How do we combat this global green wokeism? 
It's tough. I mean, when you think about it, you know, we just have to keep doing what we're doing. I know how to fight it. I mean, you're you're not going to fight on the streets with these people. It's just that's silly. Who are the, especially when it comes to these stupid woke policies? What you have to do, and what we are going to do, especially on this podcast, we are going to wear them down. And everyone that supports these policies, we're going to demoralize them, make them feel stupid as they should, make them want to quit, want to give up. Because they still don't realize that you can't go to the gas station and get a couple gallons of wind turbine. Right. Uh, right. But well, we're, we're, we need to create a parallel economy, like our boy Dan Bongino always says. You know, and we need to support small businesses, small farms, things like that. You know? But. All right. To go, you want to go around the globe here? Where are we gonna? Where, what country are we gonna move to next? <laughs> In next, <laughs> what, we what move, country? We move to Canada. <laughs> uh, Justin Trudeau's Canada, and you have a <laughs> you have a headline here, and I'll let you take this one. Th- this. I sent this in our group chat like a week, a little over a week ago. Our fantasy football group chat. And no one, no one responded. And then, then it was on like Tucker. I was like, well, this, this actually is catching steam. It's the Canadian teacher with the giant, giant fake tits, <laughs> fake nipples, fake everything. I mean, if you haven't, just Google it. You have to watch the video of him because it's, it's a guy posing as a girl. You have to watch the video of him sawing in shop class with these giant, giant tits like right in front of the saw and he's not even doing it safely his hands go i think right over right over the saw but and then the, the students are filming how, how can you learn anything with that in high school anyway so you figure okay i see what, the picture here oh my gosh so you are you figure, kidding me no i'm not oh my God. if you're if you're listening and driving park park your car oh, and, just, and just look look it up they say the protest is fascist transphobia and wants it shut down. Well, well, how about this? So they question. <laughs> hold on. So, so they questioned the, the. I think it was the. It wasn't the principal. I think it was the superintendent. And let's let's see what he had to say. Maybe say like, oh, give her like suspension, or maybe this has to violate the school dress code. Something, right? Let's just hear what he said. So we are, as a board, we are committed to human rights. And we're committed to supporting all our teachers and staff and students in an environment that upholds their dignity, their gender identity, and their gender expression. Issues around safety are matters that we deal with on an ongoing basis. And we continue to deal with those issues, not just with any this teacher, but with all teachers. So that is something that we're committed to health and safety for all our students and staff. But I, I noticed, Mr. Innes, you can't display nipples as part of the um, dress code of the Halton District School Board. All of his outfits, he's displaying nipples. Um, in the shop, he's wearing long sleeves. Those massive prosthetic breasts are near cutting equipment. Um, I would argue if this was a student doing this, it would not be tolerated. So why does this person uh, get such leeway? Uh, you keep saying he. Um, first thing is... Um, we are 
you know, being respectful of all of our gender identity. What? Hold on. I'm going to play the rest of the video. But that's the question was, I don't even remember, but it was about how is he allowed to wear fake nipples to school and have them protruding out of his chest? And, and his response is, we're not going to, hey, you son of a bitch, we're not going to misgender this guy or this girl. And then his head probably just explodes. But hold on. Gender expression of all of our staff. And we are supportive of our staff and our students. This, this, the dress code is for students, and the dress code is not for staff. The dress code. Okay, so the staff could come in in a, in a one-piece swimsuit, or the, the staff could come in wearing roller skates and Daisy Daisy Dukes. What's what's happening? Thank God this is Canada. It's, it's almost a, like this. This can't be real, right? It can't. Be, I, but it's real. Honestly, I didn't. I didn't see this picture. You know, I've been. I've been mouth the last couple of days, and I, I didn't know this. This doesn't. You. You don't even. You, this story doesn't do justice until you see this person. So and even then, even then, it's like okay, this guy is clearly just. He, he has to be, just trolling the school. <laughs> so there's a People's Party of Canada. The woke agenda has gone too far. And this flyer says the HDSB is defending the teacher's rights to equitable treatment without discrimination based upon gender identity and gender expression. Join in protest Friday, September 23rd at 245 Oakville Trafalgar High School. If my kid had this person as a teacher, I would be outraged. Outraged. Well, here's okay. So not to bring up the FBI, but here's this is in Canada. Now, there's this is from Andy No on, on Twitter. This is the video I'm going to play. So protesters, this is what he said. Protesters outside the Ontario high school where the giant fake breast trans teacher teaches tried to force a man out who they claim was a plant meant to make them look bad. He held a sign for a white nationalist group that said fags out. And I get out of here. Get out of here. Buddy, take your sign and get out of here. Get out of here. See, see, they're not white nationalists. They just don't want these woke policies of giant fake tits at their kids' high school or or gender affirming surgery or anything like this. <laughs> This is an outrageous story. It's it is, it is. But uh, you have to honestly, you have to, you have to see the person to believe it. But you have to park your car because I don't want anyone to wreck when they see this. Like you might accidentally wreck out of shock, or you might just see something you don't want to live anymore after you see this. Mm -hmm. The video uh, of him yeah. chopping, sh cutting the wood in shot glass. It's almost like, I, that's what I was like, is this guy just trolling the school and trying to get fired like Mr. Garrison from South Park? South Park could have nailed this years ago. <laughs> if, if, when when you watch the video of him cutting wood, it's like, okay, I think he's trolling them just to get fired and collect a paycheck. What, how, what else? Who would, go, who would go? And then I actually like looked it up and it's, <laughs> it's Japanese anime. It's not even like porn. It's, it's like anime cartoon. And that's, that's I don't even know. I, I don't know. But I don't know. Moving on, bizarre. Moving on from from like weird and funny to like, honestly, it'll make it'll make you mad. This is from Lives of TikTok. It's um, I, I don't know what the name of the doctor is. Um, happily describing the gender affirming surgery that she offers to adolescents, including, again, this is like South Park with with 
with Kyle when he turns into a black guy and, and, and Kyle's dad turns into the dolphin as the dolphin plasty. She offers vaginoplasties, paleoplasties, and double mastectomies. I, again, I'll just play the video. It's, it's sick. Cover your ears. You might not want to hear this. Penile inversion vaginoplasty for trans feminine patients, so male to female, is taking a penis and essentially turning it into a vagina. So mm. this is a very, you know, functional result. Patients have orgasmic function and can have intercourse, and it looks actually cosmetically, um, patients are very satisfied. So the, we create a, a clitoris from a portion of the gland's penis. Uh, the scrotal skin becomes the labia majora. A uh, portion of the penile skin becomes the labia minora. And then we line the new vagina with the rest of the penile skin and sometimes a skin graft. Um, so it's five hours in the operating room and about six to eight weeks of recovery. Um, but it's a one-stage operation and patients are overall very happy. Phalloplasty for transmasculine patients or female to male is about creating a penis through tissue transfer. So we take uh, tissue either from the forearm or from the leg or sometimes both and transplant it down to the groin area to create a phallus. And essentially we lengthen the urethra and turn the labia majora into a scrotum. Um, we remove the vagina and close the hole between the legs and create a, a phallus. Top surgery or female to male gender mastectomy is for transmasculine patients who have significant dysphoria related to their breasts. So they don't want breasts anymore. So essentially it's a, a cosmetic mastectomy and depending on the breast size and the amount of skin, um, we can use different kind of scar patterns and resection techniques using direct excision plus or minus liposuction um, to create a- All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop it there. Um, that very graphic very graphic it's it's sickening to me but it, it's it's not the dogs don't even like it so um give them a minute <laughs> the math got to the podcast um it's it's got to be heard though because they're doing this to kids adults is one thing adults is one thing but to perform a surgery like this on someone that's 15 14, yep. 13, even younger. It's Joseph Mangala shit. And making decisions that will af affect the rest of your life at that age, being the decisions, this wouldn't be allowed with anything else. Only in, in, in 2022, only, like I said, genital mutilation is something that a child can make a decision on his own. It's, I don't know. But very like sad. I said, it's a very slippery slope and you don't, you, you, you got to nip this in the bud. We can't, we can't be having this in, in young right. kids, but so we're moving from Canada. Let's, let's go to a different country, please. Somewhere else. Uh, and when you said this, when we were talking before the, before the show, I, I thought you said DMV and you said DMZ as in the, 38th parallel, the demilitarized zone between North and South Korea. And uh, our vice president is going to the DMZ. I couldn't think of a worse person to travel to this part of the world than Kamala. Um, and you have some headlines you, we want to compare. You know, we, we've been saying this since the first episode. We like to call it the hypocrisy uh, in the media. So you have some headlines and you want to compare... Headlines from when Kamala is going now to when Trump went a few years ago. All right. Well, I'll give the media one one day 
for them to see what what they have to say about when Kamala goes, or maybe even after the trip. But let's look when Trump went. What the Washington Post, Max Boot from the Washington Post. Trump crosses the DMZ, but his diplomacy is on the road to nowhere. Well, spoiler alert, since then, when Trump was in office, they had no new nuclear test, and Korea was a well-behaved little boy, Kim Jong-un was, while Trump was in office. And now, all of a sudden, 19 months of the Biden administration, what do we have? Missiles being fired in the Sea of Japan everywhere, and all kind of stuff. Now, another one from CNN Politics, go figure. Trump may have may meet Kim at the DMZ, but what's the point other than a photo op? Well, I ask the same thing of Kamala Harris. Um, and then last one from PBS News, my favorite. Trump-Kim meeting was carefully constructed reality TV. Uh, I mean, yeah, they didn't get anything done. It was just reality TV. The first time a president crossed the DMZ ever since a war where nuclear weapons were almost used. People don't know that. MacArthur wanted to use nuclear weapons on North Korea and in China. And that's all. It was just, it was just reality TV, Mark. And they said it was a reality TV. Okay. Yeah. It was, it, that's what it says in this <clears throat> article that was probably up for a Pulitzer at the time. <laughs> but Kamala will go there and solve it all. Real quick, just, just to jog your guys' memory, um, I believe it was February 19th, yes, 2022, Vice President Kamala Harris met with Ukrainian President Zelensky and a few allied, uh, a few um, leaders of other countries in Munich, Germany. What happened three days later? Russia invaded. So that's strike one for Kamala. And also, I believe the last time she went to Asia, yes, the last time she went to Asia, um, Afghanistan overran the country and the Taliban is now back in charge over there happened August 23rd was when she was over there while this was happening. So she has, uh, she has a great track record. Might want to fade her. If you are, uh, if you're living in Asia, if you're South Korea, I'd be really nervous right now. So she's going to the DMZ. Wow. What's she going to okay. do? Like just the cackle of her laugh. What's what could yeah, come with this? What is she going to do over there? I don't know. I have no idea. All right. Well, we'll 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 stay uh, we'll stay on board with this story and, and and give you guys updates as we 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 find them and we see them. So, has um, she been to the border? <laughs> like our border? Go to the border for? It's secure. Uh, we have a secure southern border. I mean, she is just getting on flights all and everywhere she goes. It's just it's like there's when when she's taken off. But whatever. Bad bad shit happens wherever she goes. Um, all right, so that's our vice president. And we are going to move on to our favorite Senate candidate, Uncle Fester, your friend and mine, the former mayor of Braddock, John Fetterman. <laughs> I'm reading your notes here. He, is, um, he has the neck hurt around the world, and we're going to get a debate in a few weeks between Oz and Fetterman. After everyone voted already because of mail-in voting, but sure. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's wait. Let's wait and wait and wait. But you know what? The, the, let's face it, Joe. The people who are voting mail-in voting are voting for Fetterman anyways. So Actually, it doesn't really matter. Is it, is, let me get – I didn't even check this. Is it during like Monday Night Football or Thursday Night Football or something? I'm sure it is. It's probably when the Steelers play. <laughs> Steelers and Eagles at the same time. October 25th. Um, so that would be in less than a month. 
and it's on a it's on a Tuesday night. Okay. Actually. So, so that's cool. Um, but yeah, they're going to debate, and you have some news on uh, on Fetterman. I just I can't get over how he looks. In every campaign photo, I to- I told you it looks like he's like photoshopped in because he looks weird and oversized. But it, it might just be him. I think it's better if he's just photoshopped in there. He he looks like a college mascot or like stealing McBeam, like a real life stealing McBeam. Like he was standing next to the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, well, I can't remember his the, the mascot's name. The Flyers mascot. It looks like all weird, like Oscar the Grinch kind of like from the trash can. And he looked worse than, than the mascot did. Anyway, let's move on to his last campaign event. Let's see what he had to say about um, who was better than the Philadelphia. Who was better than the Philadelphia Eagles, Mr. Fetterman? Let's see. And the Eagles are so much better than the Eagles. No, no. <laughs> And then when they start shouting defense, he, like, gets scared. Like, again, we've said it every episode. Like, Franken- Frankenstein's monster whenever the townspeople have, like, the flame. It's, it's like he can't, he can't take boos or loud cheers. <laughs> okay, moving on to the next video we have. Uh, this, is, this is the same speech. This is, yeah, this is over the weekend. So, But I really want to ask a very serious question right now. And I'm asking people all across Pennsylvania. Who have... You may have had a real serious health challenge in your life. Anyone? Look at the hands. Look at the hands. Okay. Please keep holding. What about maybe your parents? Maybe your parents. What about grandparents? Your grandparents. And really, God God forbid, what about maybe your children? Your own children. And I'm so, I'm so sorry for all that happened, I certainly know that I did. And I hope, I hope that you didn't have a doctor in your life making fun of it, laughing at you, telling you that you're not able to do your job, you're not fit to serve. Okay, real quick, before I have a genius, if any parents in the audience, children had a stroke, he's trying to blame that on Dr. Oz. Okay, okay, raise your hand. What about your senator? Does he or she have health issues? Prove you are fit to serve by standing on the debate stage. <laughs> More than once. More than once. More than one once. comment here. Please. The health angle is A at best. I'd be more concerned with this soft stance on crime and vote to have a murder released. But hey, that's just me. What are we doing with Fetterman? I can't believe he might be the next senator from Pennsylvania. We, we have more. I mean, this is this is whenever oh, he does. Gosh, what's this video? Hold on. This is his. Yeah, his his uh, World War II bombed out bunker basement here. Um, I think this is him giving an interview. Oh, I thought this was a CNN. This this might just be a campaign ad. I don't even know. Either way, it's embarrassing. I'll play it for you. And make sure you take advantage of this amazing opportunity to the only thing you have stand to lose is your record. Get it in. Thank you so much. I don't even know. I, I can't even tell you what he was saying. Look, I, I, I heard our media question 
And I know this guy's just running for senator, but it's still a big deal. I heard our media question the last president's mental health and ability to perform the job on a daily basis every day, every day, every day. Where are they here? This is worse than, than Biden. Fetterman is worse than Biden, who, if you remember, Biden still has yet to take a cognitive test during his presidency. But John Fetterman needs to today, it, it, yesterday, actually. We, we can't, I'm sorry, it's disqualifying. And you can't hide behind making people raise your hand. Has your father ever had a stroke? Has anyone ever had health problems? Did anyone ever make fun of you for having health problems? That's not what's happening here. We're worried that you might not be fit, John. This isn't rocket science. The media clamored and clamored for Trump to take a cognitive test. Every day. Man, person, camera, something, TV. And I haven't heard that same call for... For our president now. He actually, they had the nerve to give him a physical in November, I think it was, of 2021. A physical without the cognitive exam. If you don't believe me, look it up. If you're you're listening, look it up. They actually pretty much gave two middle fingers right to the face. We know he's a dementia patient, America, but we don't care. We're not not testing. If I I heard that quote correctly that you played, he's not playing the sympathy card that he's being attacked by Dr. Oz to help win over votes. I mean, you can't even question people's mental health, physical health. Donald, again, the last president, his physical health was questioned every day. But there there are rules, and we have to follow by the rules, and the rules are apparently unfair. It doesn't matter. Just You have to just lay down and take it. U.S. Senate, not Central Valley School Board. Oh, my Lord. Unbelievable. Well, before you get into... Stock market, economy, all that good stuff. President Brandon. Uh, I was up at, in Scranton uh, over the weekend. You know, the Scranton kid, President yeah. Joe Biden. Oh, God. The home of, the home of Joe Biden and um, the Joe Biden Expressway they named after him and also the home of Hillary Rodham Clinton. And uh, we were asking my relatives up there. We were visiting. We were like, well, you know, what, do you, what do people think up here of Biden? And they're like, I don't really know. They said he only lived here till he was eight. And then his dad lost his job. And that's when he moved to Delaware. So him claiming Scranton is a bunch of BS. Joey baby. Joey baby. (laughs) So as you guys know, uh, or may not know, Hillary Rodham Clinton was also from Scranton. And (laughs) this is a pretty wild story. My, it would be my, at this point in time, my grandfather's first cousin. He lived up in Scranton. He had several cousins up there. And they came over from Italy. Well, half the family went to Scranton. The other half the family came to Beaver Falls. Well, one of the cousins in Scranton, they, this was the mid-1950s, purchased the home of Hillary Rodham's parents, the Rodhams. And they were moving into the house and... Uh, when they were cleaning the house out or whatever, or getting ready to move in, they found a skeleton in the basement. True story. So um, they were like, what the hell? <laughs> Whatever happened, what happened to the skeleton? Does it go back this deep, this far with Hillary Clinton? Is, she, is, she, is this where the evil originates? So they said, uh, you know, they went to the Rodhams and they brought the skull back in a bag to the Rodhams. And Mr. Rodham started to laugh. Hillary's dad. 
And, you know, they told, I guess, my cousin, my grandfather's cousin or his wife, one of the two, I don't know, they said, oh, you know, don't worry about that, that, that skeleton, that skull. That's just a cadaver. Apparently, somebody in the family was a pharmacist, and they had a cadaver in the basement that they used to work on the body or whatever to do experiments and tests like that. Which while. is equally, equally as creepy. Well, yeah, while they were in pharmacy school or something, something along those lines. And we were just laughing. Like, my, that my sounds like the I, worst excuse ever. Yeah, my cousin's uncle, was a, he's a pharmacist, so he had the skeleton downstairs. Motherfucker, pharmacists only push pills. What do you need a skeleton yeah. for? Yep. And, I'm, and we were laughing. We're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's a great, that's a great, uh, that's a great reason why they would have a cadaver in the basement. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great excuse. No wonder. Well, the apple don't fall too far from the tree. Now you want to know why whenever she got caught with a server, she was like, what do you mean? I, I, I washed my server. Washed it with a cloth? There it goes. It all ties back to Scranton in the 1950s. My, my cousin's uncle was a pharmacist. That's why there's a skeleton down there. <laughs> Shut up. Yep. Don't ask any more questions. <laughs> so that's my, uh, that's my report from, uh, from the electric city Scranton. So you want to talk about, uh, speaking of six foot under, yeah, we're going to get into the, the stock market, the economy, the midterms, how that's going to all. Oh just my Lord. Trickle. The stock market is just really, really bad right now. Probably going to get worse as we see interest rates continue to hike up a little bit. Um, so go ahead and let us know what, Sith Lord President Brandon tells us what inflation is. I think this is from 60 Minutes, actually. We may have missed this last oh, time, boy. but um, Joe Biden is asked, uh, what's inflation? I, I, just, I'll play it. What's inflation? So he said, what's inflation? Inflation is at the end of the month do you have less money from your paycheck or more money from your paycheck? <laughs> I mean, I, I guess, I, I guess he's, he, no, he's wrong. No, he's wrong. What are we doing? That's like Ron Burgundy. I, I believe it's a, inflation's a wooden ship. <laughs> as as far as the stock market. called di- diversity. Yeah. As far as the stock market though, I think it's pretty clear. We saw the top of the market in November, December of 2021. The only question now is if if the top of the market for the next year or so, is that right now? Or is it going to shoot up a little bit because of midterms? Um, and maybe that dip or that crash won't happen until 2023 when probably the Republicans take control, um, setting, setting off a bomb for them, you know, as soon as they take office in January. But uh I, I I don't know. It's it's been red for a few days. I, I thought maybe they go easy on the interest rates to to not mess with the economy or any anything f- during the elections, but they they raised them point or seventy five basis points, which is point seven five percent. There there's some people saying it might be five percent by the year end of the year. I think there's only two more two more raises. What are they going to do? Raise them another two percent? I don't know if we mentioned this last episode or not, but stop me if we did. But I saw this this graph on. Uh, social media. Um, Sager from Breaking Point shared it. If you bought a house, $600,000 house, what, two years ago, year and a half ago, at a 2.6% interest rate, $600,000 house. A 2.6% interest rate is what they were. I mean, I got my house at 2.99, something like that. 
You have the same payment, same payment, as someone who bought a $389,000 house at a 6.2% interest rate, which is what they are now. Same exact payment. If I were to buy my house now, my payments would be more than $600 a month, more than what I'm paying. $7,000 in, in, in more a year for what I paid for my house, um, just based on the interest rates. So, And remember, usually incomes go up when stuff like this happens. Just like in the 70s, incomes went up. Interest rates went up, yes, but incomes went up. So if you, if you owned a home at the time and interest rates went up, it didn't really care. But at the same time, you were making more money and you were locked into a low interest rate. So a lot of people benefited from that. Now, income's not really going up. I mean, how many, even if you got a 10% raise at your job, it's still not matching inflation. <laughs> I know we didn't over here. So I don't know many people that got a 10% raise. Just These companies aren't just doing that out of the goodness of their hearts because inflation is going up 10%. Like I said, the only reason the stock market isn't at probably zero in our economy isn't in, in, in this just breaking down the shreds is because we are the world's reserve currency. Right. But again, also notable, we have to get into this. We have the debt ceiling uh, coming up and I think it's two weeks up to the midterms in November 8th. So what happens if they can't get a deal done, Mark? Um, I can think of numerous reasons why they might not um, for one election fraud. I mean, they had this vote literally two weeks after the election. What happens this time? If there are claims of election fraud, remember, like I said, debt ceiling two weeks after. And also, we have countries at war this time or on the verge of war. The debt ceiling thing just upsets me to no end because it's such a joke. I mean, they do this song and dance thing. They go back and forth. They come up with some sort of deal and they end up raising the debt ceiling. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's like clockwork. This happens every year, but like once a year, every year. What I'm saying is this year, if, if what happens in 2020 happens this year, where you, you don't have a clear winner or there's people claiming that they won, that they, you know, it's going to happen. Let's be serious. We might not even know who won, you, you, we said it last episode. We might not know who won until a week or two after election. You're not going to get a vote and you're going to, you're going to have you're going to have the government basically get shut down. And this is the work this isn't the time. This isn't the time right now for a government shutdown, but that's what it's leading to. And like I said, someone's going to claim election fraud. Um, we got a video on that, actually, speaking of election fraud, because you know, it's going to happen. It happened in 2020. They just found a bag of absentee ballots in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and in Pittsburgh. Once again, a recount. Mark, do you have anyone you want to bring on? And now, to bring you a friendly reminder of the numbers the last time they stopped the count, let's go to Philip A. Flood. These numbers are brought to you by Braveheart underscore USA on Twitter. And we start in the Keystone State, where... Trump led by 682,000 votes, or 15.2%. In Georgia, Trump led by 311,000 votes, or 7.5%. In Michigan, Trump led by 307,000 votes, or 9.8%. In 
in Wisconsin, Trump led by 128,000 votes, or 4.9%. And in North Carolina, Trump led by 77,000 votes, or 1.4%. At 4 a.m., the delivery trucks came. There are witnesses and cell phone footage. Mark and Joe, back to you. All right, that was nice to hear from But I mean, he makes a really good point there. What what I mean what happened at four what happened at four a.m. I mean let me see if I have the numbers again. Six hundred he wasn't he was ahead before they stopped the vote six hundred eighty two thousand votes in PA or fifteen point two percent, and Trump somehow lost. But the crazy thing is in North Carolina he was only up by seventy seven thousand, but I think he still won North Carolina. I believe he did. Yeah, and they still don't know. Do we know why they stopped counting votes on election night in twenty twenty? We don't know. We don't know. And then, and then, like I said, the giant comeback that defies all statistical odds, especially when you look at the numbers from the 2016 election and the primaries that happened in 2020. And we, we again, what Arizona? Well, just look at Arizona in 2016. Look at Arizona's votes in 2020 primary, and look at Arizona's votes in the 2020 general. It. Trump it's lost like, Arizona by 10,000 votes, but he won 2016 by 91,000 votes, even though he got 410,000 more votes in 2020, 25% more. The numbers, and he lost by 10,000. The numbers Biden don't make 30, sense. Biden got 31% more than Hillary, 510,000 plus. Seems odd. 38, 38% increased total votes. Wow. Trump actually won. But... Can't talk about that, Joe. We can't talk about it. We can't bring it up. They will literally, they will rage you. Conspiracy theorists. We sound like um, Looney, you know, Looney Tunes, all that stuff. Can't talk about it. I I, honestly, if if anyone's listening out there that really legitimately thinks Biden legitimately got eighty-one million votes, we we'd love to have you on to talk. We'll be nice. We'll be nice. Yeah. So, um. Election night coming up, like like we said, I am honestly it gives me anxiety thinking about it, Joe. I'm not 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 exaggerating at all. Because we're gonna come to election night. It's gonna be eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, polls are gonna close. Pennsylvania will have no clue who won. Wisconsin, not a clue. Michigan, we won't know. And we're gonna be sitting here like, so did we take the Senate or did we not take the Senate? Did we take the house or did we not take the house? And you know how this shit's going to play out. And, and like a, after that. And you're going to have people that may have lost their election that still get votes and are going to be voting like they're still going to be in office and vice versa. It, it, it's. Yeah. I know. This, this, is, this is the United States of America. This, and, this, and this goes back to what we said last, last episode. I read the article about pre canvassing. Why were there trucks coming in at four in the morning if these states permit, 38 states permit pre-canvassing? The main ones that don't are Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. So why were trucks coming in in states that allow pre-canvassing at 4 a.m. when they've already should have been counted? It's bizarre. It, it can't is. can't bring it up. It, 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 
that that's what's crazy. You can't bring it up. It's like, ah, well, I don't know. Everyone else, everyone else said it was no. Everyone else said Biden won. We were told. Yeah, we, we were told a lot of things over the last two years. How it's like you're walking on eggshells around around literally everyone. Because the FBI will literally raid your house. Oh yeah. Yep. It it happened it happened in Pennsylvania to a I forget where it was. Doug Mastriano, the future governor of Pennsylvania, actually put out a statement on it. That that's why we need to elect someone like him. But um. All right, we have a quick hit, um, and then we're going to go to disclose. We have some more news on. Well, I'll save it. But go ahead, Joe, with quick hits. All right. So the first one here is Biden um, having an event at the White House. I, I, I believe it was something over over AIDS or HIV. Elton John was there. And just just listen to what he told Elton John. By the way, it's all his fault that we're spending six billion dollars in taxpayer money this month <laughs> to help AIDS fight HIV AIDS. <laughs> I mean, you got to you got to watch the video. He's. He puts his arm around Elton John. It's all this guy's fault that we got to spend six million, six billion taxpayer dollars to fight AIDS. That's 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 nice. Blaming a famous gay person for, for being the reason you have to spend six billion on taxpayer of taxpayer money is on AIDS. That's not a good look, Joe. But my question, why not bring up Magic Johnson for the event? <laughs> I'm I'm being serious. I, I'm being like it's funny, but like, why? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, moving on. The border is closed. This is uh, this is from a, it, it, I'm not going to play the video. It's a CNN fact-checking site. Um, they're saying that fentanyl is being fentanyl being seized is more proof that the border is not actually open. The vast majority of these seizures happen at the legal ports of entry, and time it is being brought in by U.S. citizens or legal residents. Uh, no, no. That that's just not true. You're only basing off of the people you catch, not the people you don't catch. Number one, uh, fact checks are, are, are talk about who, Orwellian. Who are fact checkers, by the way? Who, how do you get that job? I have no idea. This I thought the Snopes person ended up being like a guy and like his stripper girlfriend. Yeah, fact check that actually. <laughs> those those of you listening at home. So, um. All right, moving on. This is um, <clears throat> this is actually from a study with over 100,000 participants that shows ivermectin actually does work. It says it's highly effective in preventing hospitalizations and death from COVID-19. This is from Dr. Pierre Corey. He said millions of lives could have been saved if ivermectin hadn't been misrepresented in the media. Um, I, actually, I'll play the video. Hold on, we'll play it. The trajectory of the pandemic would have been far, far different. Dr. Pierre Corey is the president of Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance, or FLCCC. He's also a co-author of a large controlled study of ivermectin that had 113,000 participants. It took place in June 2020 in Brazil in a city called Itajai, where participants took ivermectin for a five-month period, four days per month. Infections were reduced by half. Uh, hospitalizations and mortality by 68 to 70%. So there's massive reductions in infections, hospitalizations, and death. Now, the latest findings come from the secondary analysis. They were able to use pharmacy data to separate the study participants into groups of those who took ivermectin regularly, those who took it irregularly, missing doses, and those who didn't take it at all. 
And when they did those comparisons, it, it got even stronger, which shows you that you know, we've known for a long time that there's a dose response. And so there was a 90% reduction in mortality and 100% reduction in death. It- okay, well, how about that? So which is it? Again, he has a study. What, what were the studies done on the vaccine? Again, we said eight mice last time. This had 113,000 people in it. Humans, human beings. And, and okay, and speaking of, since we're on it, this is from The Atlantic, and this is, Mark, The Atlantic isn't a right-wing outlet here. This is, this, is, this is left-leaning. Michael Goldman has spent his career promoting new vaccines and other drugs. Now he wonders if, COVID, if a COVID shot made his cancer worse. Um, yep. What, what in the hell? Uh, we, by the way, can we get an article on children and myocarditis next? I mean, we're still waiting on that. But again, this is, the media. this is the media. They, they hide everything. They, they said it was horse paste that would kill you. They said there was more people in the hospital from ivermectin overdoses. Yep. I mean, give me a give me a break, man. All right. Next up, Snowden grant Edward Snowden granted Russian citizenship. But what's the real story? And this is from a person I follow on Twitter. He's a really good guy, Glenn Greenwald. He's been on Tucker Carlson a couple of times. Um, he said he talked um, he talked about this on Rogan's show. Even Obama officials admit that Snowden desperately tried to leave Russia from the first second he landed in Moscow. But and this was led by Joe Biden, according to Glenn Greenwald, they did everything they could to trap him there. They used it to say he was a Russian spy. Sound familiar, Mark, with um, with Trump and him being a pawn of Putin and help Putin helping him steal the 2016 election and Carter Page and we could go on and on and on and on and on. George Papadopoulos. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're 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 on the you're on the ball here. You're on the mark. I mean, I'm, I'm not the biggest Edward Snowden fan. Don't get me don't get me wrong, but all right, moving on here. So uh, is Snowden going to accept the 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 invitation by Russia to become a citizen? Did he? Or is he? I saw they offered it to him. I, I, what's his other choice? I'm, I'm guessing he would. I, where I is he right now? A, Do we know? What, where is he right now? I think he's still in Russia. He was. We actually don't know. I mean, no one knows for sure. Mm-hmm. But I, I'd assume Russia. But he was trying to get. I thought it was to Latin America or somewhere. I remember that was a big, big deal. Yeah. So, so if he takes the citizenship, he's going to be accused of, be, of being a Russian spy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't think. I mean. If he is a spy, I'm not saying he's these, but I doubt he's a Russian spy. <laughs> I, I don't know. Highly doubt that. But what do we know? Yeah. If anything, he's probably CIA or something or FBI. Who the hell knows? Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to the Pittsburgh schools who are now going to partner with a nonprofit with ties to the Obamas on a student led voting initiative. Um, it's from Just the News with John Solomon. Um, you can read the article if you want. But it's this is in the article. So now instead of looking for ways to improve student performance and better prepare them for the future, uh, PPS will now partner with an outside organization to teach them about community organizing and turn them into progressive activists. And I don't know that someone was quoted in the article is, is saying that, but she's not wrong. She's actually 100 percent right. Pittsburgh schools are partnering with ties to Obama's on student led voting initiative. I think it was Valerie Jarrett. Actually. Valerie Jarrett, Civic yeah. Nations board chair, Valerie Jarrett, former senior advisor to President Barack Obama. She great. got uh, she got Roseanne fired. Yeah, great. Let's make Pittsburgh even more liberal and left wing. Great. 
Speaking of left wing and woke policies, this is from Defiant Elves. This is uh, they just they just post screenshots of something someone tweeted or said at one point, and then something they tweeted or said at a later point. So this is from Salon. They said on ten seven seventeen, forget about Latino. Why I'm all for Latinx, and you should be too. I believe that's a headline from article. And then now today or yesterday nine twenty five twenty two, stop using Latinx if you really want to be inclusive. You, you, you can't make it up. <laughs> this is a great account to find else. I'm like, oh, they, they've been banned how many times for just yeah. again posting what people said before versus what they've said currently. This is so great. And then I, I don't have much on, on Nord Stream. Um, this literally hey. just, just happened. Are yeah. you going to get into this later or no? Mm, kind of, but we're going to begin to wrap up. But, um, well, we get into our disclose segment right now, but what happened with Nord Stream, and this is the last one of the last ones I was going to talk about. Basically, there was a pressure drop just north of Denmark in Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2. Now, Nord Stream, Nord Stream is the gas pipeline that runs from Russia um, across the – I'm a history teacher. I don't know what sea that actually is. But, <laughs> but is, this, is it the North Sea or something? What is it? The North Sea? It might be. I can't remember. Yeah. I did so just watch Game of Thrones. I don't know. It's a body of water. Yeah, the Narrow Sea, we'll call it, from Westerners. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and there's a pressure drop from in both pipelines. And Russia basically said uh, the sabotage cannot be rolled out. Right? Damage to the Nord Stream pipelines is unprecedented. Now, I don't know if Nord Stream 1 and 2 run under the water or, or they're like, I'm assuming they run under the water and not kind of like propped up above it. Um, but... Basically, what, what is going on is the gas stopped flowing from Nord Stream 1 and 2 in New York. Okay? No gas. Off. Turned off. All right? So whether this was some sort of sabotage or not, uh, I'm not, you know, I don't think they know yet of what happened. But for this to happen twice, there's a leak going on somewhere in these pipelines. Okay. How that happens is, is that this doesn't happen. That's not like some uh, act of God. Okay? So, Do you want to read the quote from the German economy, uh, economy minister or no? Go ahead. You have it? Yeah. Uh, German ec- economy minister Havoc. Speculations about the reason for Nord Stream 1 leak are currently forbidden. I don't know if you really <laughs> said that. That can't be right. Um, okay. So let's go to Disclose. Uh, where do we leave off? We left off in Belgium a couple of days ago. All right. Uh, no, we did that one. All right. Uh, Albert Borla, the CEO of our favorite company, Pfizer. He tweeted, I've tested positive for COVID. I'm feeling well and symptom-free. I've not had the new bivalent booster yet, as I was following CDC guidelines, to wait three months since my previous COVID case, which was back in mid-August. While we've made great progress, the virus is still with us. So he tested positive for COVID twice in six weeks. The CEO of Pfizer. Uh, that makes it makes no sense, especially when you're the CEO of Pfizer. Of Pfizer. Okay. Nobody wants nobody wants these shots. Just give it up. The, huh? the, only, the only thing I can think of real quick is he's just making it up to get people to get those to really still believe in COVID. The the true believers, the branch Covidians, the branch to Covidians, continue to take the shots. I mean. 
that could very well be the case. I mean, we have no idea. You know, it just seems like who? I mean, I would think who would buy that though. But there are people. I mean, there are people. Yeah. Rungus, the largest wholesale fresh produce market in the world, is on fire in Paris. Shocking. That's about what? How many food factories have we seen on fire in the last six months? A lot. It, 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 it's been going on for a while. Uh, I think Tucker covered it actually like a month ago, but it's been going on for a while. And mm-hmm. our media is silent on that. And, and also the amount of plane crashes too, but we'll get to that later. But it's just, it's weird. Yeah. <coughs> All right. We talked about uh, Georgia Maloney. Um, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development cuts global growth forecast for 2023, projecting Russia and Germany to fall into recession. Okay. All right. I bet. Fully vaccinated and boosted German Chancellor Schultz infected with COVID. Here's a picture of them with a uh, N95 on. Do we do we know what fully vaccinated is anymore? How many shots it is? No. Okay. (laughs) I think up to date means you have at least one or two boosters. Fully vaccinated might be two. I don't know. The German economy deteriorated significantly in September. IFO business climate index continues to fall. I don't understand, Germany, what's going on over there. I cannot wrap my head around this. How can they just continue to watch their country crumble like this? These people are paying arm arm and a leg for energy, and they're just watching this happen. And they're making the situation worse. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, As we just said, this was yesterday, I believe. The pressure in Nord Stream 2 pipeline drops to almost zero overnight in one of the two pipes. Reason unknown. Again, for our listeners out there, these are the two pipelines that deliver natural gas to Europe. And you're talking about, like, I don't even know if I can say weeks. It could be more of days until temperatures start to drop in that region because, like yeah. we've said before, it's much further north when you talk in terms of lo- longitude and latitude than we are here. Yeah, I had, I was comparing latitude and longitude or latitude lines of latitude from cities in Europe to cities in the United States and Canada. Oh, it's crazy! It's like can- everything's Canada. Perspective, yeah. Like, yeah, it's 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 going to get colder there very quickly. A- Africa is like Florida. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah. ECB Chief Banker Lagarde. The outlook is darkening. So some sort of Europe, European Central Bank, I think that is. Uh, the outlook is darkening. You think? Yeah. We'll keep this the light is something, on. Yeah. And we'll, we'll applaud this. We'll applaud this one, Joe. Um, we've been we've been riding Prime Minister Trudeau for months now. Canada lifts all COVID border requirements. For travelers and suspends mask mandate for planes and trains. Why, why'd you do it, Justin? Why'd you do it? Great question. What what changed? Great question. We'll look I mean, into that. I mean, everyone's vaccinated. Think about it real quick. Everyone in Canada is vaccinated because they are very strict there. In America, what do you think? Maybe at best 70% of the nation's fully vaccinated. So you got people crossing over now that aren't vaccinated, Justin. Why, why'd you loosen them now, Justin? Yeah. Is it because you're not making enough money? Is it because people aren't traveling to Canada? I don't get it. 
All right, this next headline is something that we need to look into, Joe, so let's talk about this after the show. Major U.S. Green Group influencing Biden administration policymaking has deep ties to the Chinese government. Color me surprised on that one. Wow. Yep. A major New York-based environmental group that has a large influence in the Biden administration simultaneously has extensive ties to the Chinese government. Color me surprised. Uh, all right. Pfizer asks the FDA for emergency use, quote-unquote, authorization of its upgraded mRNA booster injections in children 5 to 11 years old. How many, how many mice did they, did they test it on? Eight. 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 I feel like that is, that is like not even a... When you have, again, the ivermectin versus that, a study with 113,000 human beings living and breathing, a new mRNA revolutionary vaccine that doesn't stop you from getting COVID or lessen your symptoms even, but, but you, it's tested on eight mice. But I, the I pandemic's over. And the pandemic is over. We forgot. We totally, we keep on forgetting about that. Much like our dear leader, Joe Biden, we keep forgetting. The pandemic is over, but we need emergency use authorization on five-year-olds. That's like saying, like, here, 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 here. Let's give the dog this, this the taste to make sure it's yeah. edible. for like that, That's better than testing it on eight mice. Yeah, let me give my dog this gummy. Yeah. <laughs> rest in peace Caesar um, and Franklin yes uh, Putin grants former NSA contractor Edward Snowden Russian citizenship per presidential decree all right yeah, you know you're a uh, little catch 22 there Mr. Snowden but we'll see what happens if I were him I would accept it you know they're not going to extradite him to the United States so why not just accept it and live your life maybe go to work for the Russians yeah, I mean, what at this point, what does he have to lose? This has been going on for years now. Why wouldn't you just take it? Take a deal from the Russians. I mean, it looks I like mean, it looks like he hasn't seen the sun in a long time when you see him. So <laughs> there's always a chance you could wind up dead in Russia. You know, you get poisoned or something like that. But you know, <laughs> wow. And he he can just go as he pleases and wherever he is. He's not like Julian how Julian Assange was, where he was at the Ecuadorian embassy for yeah. years. That would yeah. suck. It's basically prison, but go on. Uh, our, our boy in Hungary, Viktor Orban, <laughs> Hungary to hold a referendum on the EU sanctions imposed on Russia, Prime Minister Viktor Orban announces. The sanctions were not decided democratically, but were decided by Brussels bureaucrats and European elites. I, I looked into this, and, and, and what his point behind this is, is that the Europeans are suffering. They're suffering. When it comes to energy um, and different things like that, mainly energy and the price they're paying for energy. And they weren't even the ones that wanted this. You know, it was maybe let's let's loosen the, the, the sanctions on Russia so we can get gas flowing back to Europe again. You know, to relieve some of the pressure. But that's what he's trying to do here. OK, um, so we'll see what happens with that going to go with nothing's going to happen no um this one is just when i saw this i was like no you, this can't be this can't be right but we saw uh scott pelly uh 
on 60 Minutes interview uh, when he interviewed President Brandon, and he asked him about how much further is he going to go with Ukraine? How much more support is he going to offer? What did the president say? For as long as it takes, right? He said something like that. U.S. Congress reached a preliminary agreement to provide about $12 billion in new military and economic aid to Ukraine. Huh. My leg is pumping right now. $12 billion in new military and economic aid to Ukraine. You see how you're, you just like, like some people that you just, you're, you just get numb to it. Like with having to wear masks places, having mm-hmm. to do like anything, you just get numb to like, okay, it's another billion to Ukraine. It's this much to Ukraine. Okay. We're giving them, I think you 1.4 billion a, a month. That's, that's Something like that. That's, that puts us, that puts us around the $70 billion mark. It's insane. To Ukraine. Do you yeah. realize that how much money that is? That is like 0.1 trillion dollars. Yep. And the things we could do with that here in the United it's, States. It's, it's our money. It's our tax money. What are we? Why? Why are we allowing this? You know, I said last episode, if you're going to vote on one issue, it should be the border because our southern border is non-existent. But the more and more I'm starting to think about this, this might have to be the issue that we vote on. I mean, it's pretty close. <laughs> uh, but the, yes, the, the question in my mind, though, is, Joe, if the Republicans do take back the House. In the Senate, does this end? Because no. we know some Republicans are. Yeah, you're 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 100 percent right. There, there are rhinos and, and there there are people like uh, who here's a good one. Dan Crenshaw is notorious, notorious for just sending our money to Ukraine in the name of protecting democracy. Mm-hmm. I, I've had it. He's a World World Economic uh, Forum uh, puppet. Yeah. You can see him on the board. So yeah. I'm done with him. Uh, VK and Mel.ru apps have reportedly been taken down from the Apple App Store worldwide, including Russia. So these are some Russian, I don't know if they're social media apps or a mail app, something like that, that have been taken down from the App Store in Russia. Okay. Uh, this is a good one. You're going to love this one. Biden, to the companies running gas stations and setting those prices at the pump, bring down prices you're charging at the pump. Do it now. Do it now. Well, like, does he expect, like, uh, Habib to, like, get out and know the prices on the signs? It's not how it works. They, it's not how it works at all. It's not how it works at all. And People keep in mind, the, before. the only reason, like we've been saying since day one of the podcast, that the prices of gas are this low is because you already paid for it with your tax dollars, and it's in the petro- uh, the strategic oil reserve that's from that that was filled up at dirt cheap prices in 2020 when oil prices crashed, and now we're going to have to buy it back again for $100 a freaking barrel or more. Watch. Yep. Or just not leave us, leave us with our pants down. Um, all right, what else? German federal authorities on pressure drops of Nord Stream pipelines. Our imagination no longer yields a scenario that is not a targeted attack. Such a suspected attack has to be carried out with special forces, for example, Navy divers or a submarine, according to the German government's assessment. So they believe this is a targeted attack. Uh, NASA hits asteroid and planetary defense test. All right, so that's good. That's cool. What was that movie when the, the comet slammed into... Uh, there was a comet slammed into uh, the day after tomorrow. No, that wasn't it. I don't the day after tomorrow was too. There was Armageddon, but that yeah, was a... Armageddon. Um, and we have Armageddon. That's what I was thinking of. It was that or Deep Impact? They both came out the same Deep year. Deep Impact. Yes. Thank Is you. that it? 
Yes, that was Morgan Freeman. I think was Morgan the Freeman. President. Yeah. Yep. Uh, trace amounts of COVID vaccine mRNAs were detected in the breast milk of some lactating women. These data demonstrate for the first time the biodistribution of COVID-19 vaccine mRNA to mammary cells and the potential ability of tissue EVs to package the vaccine mRNA that can be transported to distant cells. So what this means is any woman who received the COVID vaccine after six months, uh, within six months of delivery, um, that mRNA, that vaccine, those, those are getting now passed on to the breast milk of the child. Uh, you, you're going, you're, you're going a little bit wrong here, Mark. They're birth people, not women. Yeah. Birthing people. Sorry. Yeah. Oh. Birthing people. And chest feeders, chest feeders as well. Yeah. So, but uh, hey, we, we, we were told though, that the, it does not travel throughout your body. The, the spike protein, it just stays, but yes. apparently it goes all throughout the body. So good. Yes. Another one you're wrong about. Um, <laughs> what you just said, um, about two minutes ago. Nord Stream says the damage to its key pipelines to Germany are unprecedented and the clearest signal yet that natural gas flows won't resume this winter. My okay, that, that's it because I'm doing the math real quick in my head. Um, assuming because I know there's one that comes from Russia and there are a couple in Ukraine. So let's assume that Russia shuts it off and that there's no more that can come into Ukraine now. That means that Europe is down to about 20 to 30% of its natural gas flow and most of that's coming from I think Turkey or, or Russia still. Yes. 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 So um, it's 20 percent, 20 to 30 percent. How does that work out? Especially when they're all there's there's a lot of countries. It goes to the highest bidder. It's going to be a disaster. Oh Mark my, my words. Yep. All right. What else we got? Oh, yeah. OK. <laughs> this is laughable. U.S. Central Bank Digital Currency. Oh, no, this is this is correct. U.S. Central Bank Digital Currency would not be anonymous, says Federal Reserve Chair Powell. So, so it would not be know, anonymous. They want to know everything about every dollar you spend. OK, every single dollar you spend will be tracked. I, I want I want to track the Federal Reserve's dollars, how they just click a button and print money and how they get away with their their crimes. That they do the Federal Reserve. They're the biggest criminal. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And. Like we said a couple episodes, it's going to come down to a blame game. When this, when this whole thing comes tumbling down, the Federal Reserve is going to try to blame it on Congress and Biden and his administration, and they're going to try to blame it on the Federal Reserve, and it's just going to be a point in fingers. Just remember, it's everyone's fault. Yeah. Yep. Um, no, this is interesting. The surface area of the largest Nord Stream gas leak shows a disturbance of well over one kilometer in diameter, according to the Danish Armed Forces. So what this is is like a, um, like a night vision almost. Of, of the natural gas leak over in the sea there. And this is, uh, it's large. And you can see it bubbling up from the water. This is not good. This is not good. So. Um, Do you realize how much money we can make in Pennsylvania if we were able to ship natural gas there? I mean, we're floating on, on, on a basically a sea of natural gas. I mean, it's, we're, we're sitting on the Saudi Arabia of natural gas. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and finally, uh, we'll wrap up with this as we as we begin to wind down here. Um, I'll read the headline: CBO. Biden's student debt plan will cost four hundred billion over thirty years. Four hundred billion, Joe, uh, will cost the government four hundred billion, according to the Congressional Budget Office. 
for people that study gender yep. studies and 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 Lord knows basket weaving. They were yep. They were released Monday in response to a request from Republican lawmakers who opposed Biden's plan in large part because of its cost. They were quick to cite the estimates as evidence that the plan will bury taxpayers, passing along the cost to huge numbers of Americans who never went to college. The Biden administration estimated this was going to cost $240 billion for the decade. Which is still crazy. Which is still crazy. Again, remember, never forget this. $4 billion to finish that wall. $4 yeah. billion. And, and we, couldn't, we couldn't have it. It's too much. You couldn't even have you, you, look look when they fought during the pandemic to get twelve hundred dollars to Americans. They wanted they wanted trillions passed. Just it's it's ridiculous. We should have got fifty five thousand dollars a person over the age over the age of eighteen. It didn't yeah. happen that way. Correct. All right. Anything else, Joe? No, it's just like I said that it sucks that it's just getting so much worse out there. But like I said before, the only good news out of it is this podcast gets a little bit better because of it. So, yep. We are here for you guys. Uh, we're going to keep working hard until the midterms. And uh, that's it. That's all I got. Uh, Joe? All right. That's it. Well, that's all. If you want to thank you guys for listening and tune in next week. or Actually, we'll be back on Friday, hopefully. And then we'll be back for the fastest two minutes again next week. That should be exciting. But thank you guys for listening. It's been fun. This has been Thinking Logically. Thinking <laughs> Logically.